0: After the owner of the house has removed all of the items from the house, or at least the items which are able to become tome, the coin then arrives at the house and he examines the nega, and if indeed it is the correct shade and the minimum size, it needs to be at least the size of two beans to grease him, and it needs to be a deep green colour or a deep red colour. Then the kohen would close the door and declare the nega to be a nega. And then the house will become Tomei. The Mishnah says, The kohen doesn't return to his own house and then declare it to be a nega. There's a discussion as to whether the state of the house being Tomei comes as a result of the kohen's declaration alone, or when the kohen closes the door. But whatever that is referring to, that can't be done when the coin returns to his own house. And if the point is closing the door, then the mission is discussing a case where he closes the door using a very long rope or using a messenger. That is not how it needs to be done. Neither can the coin stand inside the actual house, which has the nega, and declare it to be Tommy. Or close the door. Rather, he must stand by the entrance of that house that has the nega and close the door or declare it to be a nega. As the Pasuk says, <inaudible> the coin should leave the house. He can't declare it to be a nega or close the door whilst he's still in the house. He needs to first leave the house. El <inaudible> To the entrance of the house, and he should close the door and declare the negar to be Tome and the house to be Tom for seven days. He needs to do that specifically at the entrance of the house. Uvob Sofa Shavua, and then he should return at the end of that week Uvrium and check to see if the nega has spread, and if indeed it has spread, and the koen should command and instruct, and following his instructions, they should remove the stones on which the nega has appeared, and throw them to a place outside of the city, to a tome place, that means somewhere where... There is no concern that something which is pure will touch it and become tome, And the puzzle continues, They should take other stones and bring them in place of the original stones. And he should take other clay and plaster the house and stick the stones to the rest of the wall. Now, from the fact that the Torah says he needs to take other stones, we learn from there that he is not able to take stones from the other side of the house, of the same house, and bring them to this side to fill in that gap from where the stone was removed. And likewise, he can't take clay from the other side of the house and bring it to this side. And nor can he take limestone from any place because the Torah says that he has to use clay in order to stick these stones to the rest of the stones that are on the wall. In addition, the language of the Posuk was avonim that they should take stones and replace the stones that were there. We're using the plural. And we learn from there that achas tachas he can't bring one larger stone in order to replace the, stu- the two stones that were removed. And tachas achas, he also can't use very small stones in order to replace one of the stones that were removed. Elomevi shtayim, tachas but he rather must bring two stones in order to, to replace the two stones that were removed, tachas shaloish, or to replace the three stones that were removed in a case where the nega had spread across three stones, tachas arba, or to replace four stones if the nega had spread across four stones. But in this case, it's enough to bring two new larger stones altogether, because that is still fulfilling the requirement of the Torah to bring stones in the plural. Now, the third thing that is learnt from the language of the Pesukim over here is that the Torah says, They should take stones, and they should bring new stones. The Torah is speaking in the plural, even though I would have thought that it's only the person who lives in that house that has the neger who needs to busy himself in removing these stones and replacing them. And the Mishnah learns from here an interesting law. Mekan Omru from here the Chachomim said, and they learnt, oila Roshah, O'le, rosha, ole Woe to the wicked person, that's referring to the one who has the neger because Negoim tsaraz comes as a punishment. But also, woe to his neighbor, because it can be learnt from these pesukim that Sineen both of them are obligated to together remove the stones, and Schneem kreitzen, they are obligated to together scrape the clay off the clay that was in between these stones and the stones that remain in the wall, and Sineen venusavonim, both of them are obligated to bring the stones together not only the wicked person is punished, but also the one who lives in his vicinity is also obligated to a certain extent to take part. Possibly it could be he's considered to be partly responsible. He should look out for the spiritual welfare of his neighbor and try to prevent him from sinning. Be as I may, the Mishnah continues that the end of the Pesukim that we quoted earlier implies that the replastering and the putting of the new clay on these stones can be done alone, because that the Torah says in the singular... As the mission now states, he alone is the one who needs to bring the new clay. as the Pasuk says, he will take new other clay and plaster the house. His friend, his neighbor, is not obligated to deal with the replastering and replacing of the clay on these new stones. Mr Zion, after they have removed the stones from the house, the they wait another week, the door is closed, the house is considered to be Tomei, and Bob So Shavua, the coin returns at the end of that second week, Velo chazar, and he checks to see whether the Nega has returned to that house. And if indeed it has, then now the missioner quotes the Pasuk and the Toyov and he should demolish the house Esavonov es Akola Farhaboyes its stones and its wood and all of the clay of the house all of it needs to be taken down and all of it should be taken outside of the city to a place which is impure and there is no danger of anything that is pure from coming into contact with it and becoming tome. now the peric the chapter ends off by defining what exactly is considered to be the spreading of the nega which was really the cause of the stones having to be removed. That is the feature that deemed the nega as possible tzara'as. So how much does the nega need to spread in order for the stones to be removed, and then if the nega will return, it will be deemed as definite tzara'as, and the whole house will need to be taken down. Hapisir if the nega spreads right next to it, which means that the same nega is expanding, Kol shahu then any amount... ...is enough for it to be considered that the nega has spread. But if it is spreading at a distance, meaning a new nega develops in the same house, but it's not the same nega that is expanding... ...then it needs to be the size of a bean for it to be significant. And then all of the stones which have the negaim on will need to be removed... And the Mishnah ends off, with regards to the nega returning after the stones have been removed, how large does that new nega need to be? The answer is it needs to be the minimum size of a regular nega, which is kishneigrisin, the size of two beans, which is the same size that the original nega had to be on the house, because that's the minimum size of a nega on a house. Perak, give Mishnah Aleph. This Perak, this chapter, continues the topic of tsaras that appears on a house, and the Mishnah says that a Sarabottimhain which literally means there are 10 houses. That means that there are 10 different outcomes and possible scenarios in a case where a nega appears on a house and the coin declares it tommy. He closes the door. He declares it tommy for a week and returns for an examination at the end of that week. From this point onwards, there are 10 different scenarios that could occur and the Mishnah will go through the different laws in each of those cases. Haqe <laughs> Borishin. If at the end of the first week when the coin returns for another examination of the house, the colour of the nega has become duller. It's no longer the deep green or the deep red that it needs to be for it to be Tsaraas, the Hahoilichloy, or the second case is where the Neger totally disappeared at the end of that first week. Kolfoi, he should scrape away the surface of the stones where the nega had been, or the nega is still there, just a duller form, the hutohar, and the entire house will be considered pure from that moment onwards. Those are the first two cases. Third case, if at the end of the first week, the nega remained exactly the same, it's still a deep green or a deep red colour, and therefore the koyen ruled that it needs to be left for another week. And when he returned at the end of the second week, hakehebasheni, the nega was duller. It was no longer the deep colour that it was until now, the haheulichloi, or it disappeared. Before the examination at the end of the second week, kolfoi... He needs to scrape away the surface of that stone where the nega had been. However, since we have reached the second week, unlike all other nagoim that disappear after two weeks, it's considered to be pure because it was never deemed or declared to be definite saras. Over here, for the house to be pure, there is a certain procedure that needs to be gone through in order to purify the house. The mission says "Vuton Seporium here requires the procedure which is done with two birds in order to purify the house. And in short, that procedure involves bringing two birds and filling up a cup with natural spring water. They would then slaughter one of the birds and the blood from that bird would get mixed with the water. And then the owner of the house needs to take the other bird together with certain other substances that the Torah lists, such as a hyssop and a thread, and a piece of cedar wood, and he dips those into that solution of blood and spring water, and he sprinkles that seven times towards the house. And then he sends away the bird which is still alive, and that procedure is what is necessary in order to purify the house. So, so far we have listed four possible scenarios. Continues the Mishnah. If the nega spreads when the kohen examines it at the end of the first week, then he needs to remove the stone that has the nega on it and remove any clay that is remaining there and then replace the stone and plaster it again with new clay. This is the procedure that was mentioned in the previous chapter. And then, when the Shavua, the will give it another week, and he'll return at the end of the second week for another examination. Chhozar, if the nega has returned to the house, then yinossates, the entire house needs to be demolished. That would be considered definite tzara'as. Loi if the nega does not return at the end of the second week, and this is now the sixth scenario, then the house is pure. However, since we've reached the second week already, in order to purify the house we require the procedure to be performed with the two birds, as we described earlier. Scenario number seven, if the nega remained exactly the same at the end of the first week, it was still that same deep colour, and so we had to wait another week, and the cone returned at the end of the second week, and the nega had spread by the time the examination of the end of the second week arrived. In this case, once again, he needs to remove the stone that has the Nega on it and get rid of all of the clay. And then when he comes to, re- to replace the stones, he needs to replaster it with other clay. The de Chavois. And the kohen gives it another week and returns at the end of the third week now. Khazar, if the nega had returned to the house, then Inosites, you know the house needs to be demolished. Lo Scenario number eight, if the nega did not return at the end of the third week now, then tziparim, it requires the procedure of the two birds and then the house would be purified. We're now out into scenario number nine, omar bozeh there. if the nega remained exactly the same at the end of the first week and by the end of the second week. It's still that same deep red color. Since it is still the same nega, although nothing has changed, there is still a requirement to remove the stone that has the nega on it and to get rid of the clay and to replace it with other stones. And we plaster it, put other new clay onto the edges of that stone. And we'd give it another week. And at the end of that third week, the coin examines the house. If the Neger has returned to the house, he it, so it needs to be demolished. If the Neger has not returned to the house, then seporim requires the procedure with the birds, and then it would be fully purified. The mission ends off by telling us that if at any of the, in any of the scenarios where the nega is no longer there and therefore the house can be purified as long as the procedure with the two birds is carried out. So the kohen already examined it at the end of the second week or the third week and he sees that there is no nega there. But before he manages, in much before the owner of the house managed to purify the house via going through this procedure of the birds, then suddenly nearby nega, a nega did appear over there. Since the house was not purified yet, Harry's a this would be a reason that the house needs to be demolished, which would have been the law anyway if the nega had returned originally. And the fact that the coin saw it before it returned and said that the owner needs to go through this procedure of the birds, since that procedure wasn't carried out yet, it's irrelevant and we view it the same as if the nega had returned for this new examination, and the house needs to be demolished. Mis- but if the nega returned to the house only after the procedure was done with the birds to purify the house, then Yerarba that nega is viewed as if it has, it, it's a new nega that it has developed, and it has no connection to the original nega that was there. So they would wait a week, the claim would return at the end of that week, and they would go through the same procedure as for a new nega. Bates, We learned in the previous paragraph, the previous chapter, that when a person is obligated to remove the stones from the walls of his house, the stones that have the nega on them, it is learned out of Psukim that the neighbour is obligated to do this with him, and his stone is also removed. Now, this mission is going to show that that specifically with regards to cases where the stone reaches from one end of the wall to the other such that the same stone is being used as the wall for the person who has the nega on the inside wall of his house and the other side of that stone is essentially the inside wall of his of his neighbor However, if the wall had a thickness of two stones and the nega appeared on a person's inside wall, then that stone is not being shared with the neighbor at all. And in that case, there's only an obligation to remove the stone that is that has the nega, but not the other stone that is adjacent to it and is the wall of the neighbor. Now, the Mishnah is talking of a case where the majority of the wall is made up of a thickness of two different stones, However, the corner stones were much thicker, and that stone was essentially shared between the two neighbors. The same stone served as the wool for both of the neighbors. The Mishnah says, in, with regards to that stone, the stone that is in the corner, when the person who saw the nega on that stone needs to remove it, he is obligated to remove the entire stone, and in that case the neighbor would essentially lose out. However, this law that the neighbor loses out is learned from Psukim, that it implies that they both need to remove the stone. The Torah uses a plural form. Now, when the Torah talks about demolishing the house, it speaks in the singular, that he needs to demolish his own house. And we learn from there that in a scenario where he is obligated to demolish the house, he would only demolish his half of that stone, and he leaves the other half of that stone, which is serving his neighbor. Nimtzoyed emerges that there is a stringency with regards to the removing of singular stones that have the negar, more so than with regards to demolishing the entire house. Rabbi al argues, and he says, that If there is a house that is built up of which literally means head, this refers to large stones. These stones, in a similar way to how the cornerstones in the previous Mishnah's case, were thick, and one half served this neighbor and the other half served the other neighbor. The house that Ruby Lozo is talking about has stones across the whole length of the wall that are thick and essentially serve both sides of the wall, both neighbours. Or we'll fuss in, and there are some rows in that same wall that have thinner narrower stones that each stone serves only one side of the house, one side of the wall. This is really just another example of a house where some of the stones are shared and some of them are thinner and are not shared with the neighbour. Ruby Lazar could have talked about the case of the cornerstones as well. The point is that there are certain stones that are shared, certain ones which are smaller and serve only one side of the house. Nero if a nega appears on a large, thick stone, then, when demolishing the house, noiteles kuloi, he takes the entire stone, and even the half that is serving the neighbour. Just like when he removes the singular stone that has the nega, he removes the entire stone. Nira Posen, it's only in a case where the nega appears on the smaller stones, then, noiteles shaloi, he would take his own stone, and keep the neighbour's stone that's on the other side of that stone, leave that there, because that's a different stone, and the nega didn't appear on that stone. So Rabiloza understands that even with regards to demolishing the house, there are certain scenarios where he would demolish the entire stone, and not just the half of that stone that is serving him.